spirit-blessed vision. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations in Matthew 28, 19. He said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the fact that Jesus would say those kinds of things is in fact a call to us. That's just two accounts of what Jesus said as he was getting ready to leave this earth and to what he was calling the church. And so I'm pleased that he did that. It makes me think that our priorities are where they should be. In fact, it makes a priority of what Jesus made a priority. Jesus said that the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost in Luke 19.10. And that's where we're going to. We simply want to seek and to save those who are lost. You notice this slide from last week. We for a long time had this vision up here and mission to be like Jesus in loving and serving God and humanity. We will follow the Bible, minister to Christians, reach out to the world. But one of the things that Jack said last week was that the third part of that, reach out to the world, we just haven't done everything with that we need to do. And so he kind of said, well, he didn't just kind of say, he said that there are two new things that we want to add to that. And you can see these on the screen, that there's a renewed mission for us to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time with a a renewed emphasis on that mission and a new vision for us to make biblical disciples in relational environments. And we see our life groups as being so central to the evangelism that needs to take place here. So I wanted to make those comments just about reaching the world for the, the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. And I wanted to say something about this notion of, of mission and our vision and, and just how powerful and significant that is for us as a church. Because my thought is something like this, and that is that we find ourselves in a position of great privilege. We find ourselves in a position of great privilege. I can remember when I was in grade 8, My math teacher, my geometry teacher, called me up to the front of the class one day and he said, Kelly, I want you to take this note to the gym teacher. This was Mr. Knott, K-N-O-T-T, saying to me, I want you to take this note and I want you to take it to Mr. Costello, the gym teacher. He said, you go from my classroom, which is at one end of the school, to the other end of the school at the gym, but Kelly, you are not allowed to look at this note. You can't open it. So he hands me the note. I left the classroom. And I'm practically shaking on the way down there. Because I wanted to look so badly at that note. <laughs> like I don't know what it I, To this day, I have no idea what it was that was in that note. He could have been saying, uh, you know, thanks for helping me get gas this morning when you saw me alongside the road. He could have said, let's go out tonight. He could have said, hi, Kelly, you looked at the note, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know what he said in the note because I didn't look. But here's what happened out of that. It got to the point where all the teachers began to use me as a courier. And the reason why is because Mr. Knott and Mr. Costello had told them that I was trustworthy. And I was put into a position of privilege because of that one little act. 
Here we have the act of Jesus Christ, which is not at all a little act, in which he calls the church to be trustworthy. And it puts us in a position of privilege before him. We are entrusted with the gospel. Entrusted with the opportunity to do all that God wants us to do. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says again, and you will be my witnesses. Can you imagine God saying to a group of people, you, you people, you weak and lowly people, you sinners whom I'm now forgiven, you are going to be my witnesses. And we have a chance, a privilege of going before the world and witnessing to what it is that God has done in Christ Jesus. In Luke 19.10, Jesus said, The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Now that sounds to me like if Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost, and that he then calls me to the same role, that there is a part of what I'm doing as a Christian in reaching into the world with the good news for Jesus that is an awful lot like the ministry of the Son of God. I end up doing the kind of things that Jesus did. We get to do what Jesus was doing. It's not surprising that Paul would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you are my ambassadors, or we are ambassadors of Christ, he says. Taking the good news of Christ into the world. Well, when you're an ambassador for somebody, you act as their representative. And that's what we do. We act as the representatives of Jesus. Look at this passage. John chapter 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me, and these are my bold and italics. You know, we always say that little disclaimer. The italics is mine. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And so we have this incredible privilege that is ours. We find ourselves in a position of great privilege. We also find ourselves in a position of great promise. Again, look at these words from John 14, 12. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Well, have you ever thought about what those greater things are? You ever thought about that? Jesus says that when I go, you're going to end up doing greater things than what I do. What does that mean? Does that mean that we're going to start raising people from the dead? Does it mean that when God has a message to give to humankind, he's specifically going to choose you and me? Well, not in this miraculous kind of sense that Jesus brought the word of God. And we're not going to save people from the dead exactly in the way that Jesus raised people from the dead. I'm not anticipating I'm going to the hospital this week and raise someone off the bed who's been dead for a while. But there's a sense in which we do do greater things. And it's in this way. Jesus came to save those who were lost. And he was able to save some with the cross and to bring people to him immediately. But Christ knows that as we go into the world with the message of the gospel, that we end up seeing the salvation, not just of a few, but of hundreds, of thousands, of millions. 
And so there's indeed a sense in which we get to carry on the role of Christ. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Notice that the context for the power coming on the disciples here is in the context of witnessing. What was the power for? What is the power going to do? Jesus says you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And that power to bring the gospel to the world is really what the Holy Spirit is all about and what the Spirit does for us. So when we talk about doing possibly greater things, even than what Jesus did, that's directly linked to the coming of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit comes and he gives us power, but power for what? Specifically, power to be his witnesses in our world. So when we look and think, oh, what can we do for Christ? We have this powerful, powerful witness that we bring to the world through the presence of the Spirit, which is more significant, Jesus says, than even his own ministry in the sense that there's a wider number of people who get to hear that message. So the Spirit's coming is all about reaching out to the world as witnesses of Christ. And that's, in fact, why we have the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 20, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age, is a promise for those who are witnessing to Jesus. What does the presence of Christ being with us to the very end of the age mean? Again, the context for those words is not just that he's with us in good times and in bad. It's not just that he's with us so that he can hear our prayers. Specifically, in the context of the Great Commission, Jesus says, I am with you as you take the gospel into the world. Do you think about how many times that you have been too afraid to share the good news of Jesus with somebody else? Isn't this the case? Doesn't this happen? Isn't it the case that, that butterflies start to come in? We start to rationalize. You've probably got somebody in your mind right now that you can think of that needs the good news of Christ. And there probably are times when that coworker or that neighbor or that relative, you've thought to yourself, oh, I really need to share the good news of Jesus with John or Mary. But we don't do it. And sometimes we'll say, well, I don't have time. I'm too busy. They won't listen. Whatever. But so often, the reason it doesn't happen is just because we're scared. And I totally get that. Don't think that because I'm an evangelist, that I don't also sometimes get anxious about talking to people about Jesus. It was interesting last few days, and I, I was out with John and Tyra, and we were talking about evangelism, talking about reaching the world with the good news of Jesus. And John kind of facetiously, but I got to tell you, John took these words to heart. John looks at me as we were talking about the vision of the church and all the things that we want to do for Christ, and he looks at me and he says, Well, Kelly, I guess you're going to have to get out there and start doing it then, aren't you? You're going to have to start talking to people about Jesus. Now, I didn't say. I did think. It ran through my mind. I thought, yeah, John, and you too, bud. But he's exactly right. And I have to admit, there are times when even I, who 
does this as my life's call, there are times when I don't share the good news of Jesus with others and I even get nervous about having to do it. I need to listen to what Jesus says the Holy Spirit is for in my ministry. The promise, he says, is, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And those words are uttered right in the context of mission. The fact that we're being sent out by and with the Comforter who comes so that we can be his witnesses in the world, all of that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit who is right there with me as I go out to witness. And so the church has the privilege and has the promise of taking the gospel into the world and as we go, having this incredible power available to us as we go. And so anxiety and fear, I I, I don't think they're going to totally go away. But we can approach this mission that not only God has charged us with, but which our elders have charged us with. We can approach it with excitement. We can approach it with confidence. We can approach it with joy. And we can recognize that God is working through that vision to expand His kingdom. And as you go, the Holy Spirit is there with you. Christ is right there with you. And he says, I will never leave. He's right there by your side as you're taking the gospel into the world. That sounds to me like we have not just mission, but we've got a call there, an opportunity, a wonderful blessing to fulfill everything in the kingdom of God that that God wants us to fulfill. And I just can't see anything holding us back. Peter's not here this morning because he's in Regina Regina seeing his family. Took the long weekend to go away. And I got to tell you, I I don't know if you can sense this about Peter. He hasn't been here quite long enough and many of you haven't met him yet or spent much time with Peter. But one of the things that you'll find out about Peter is that there there are things about which he gets very excited. Now we know he gets really excited about the Canucks. And I don't get that. Okay? I, I do know that he gets really excited about hunting, and that I get. Okay? But one thing that Peter is really excited about right now is the potential that he sees in our church family. And it is such a blessing to, to just be around him or to go to a meeting with him or whatever and to hear Peter say things like, I'm more excited now than I've ever been. I'm excited about what God is doing with the young adults. I'm excited about what God is doing with the youth ministry. I'm excited about what God is doing with the elders and our vision. And us reaching the lost for Jesus. Peter's excited about that. And he should be. Because Peter recognizes that God is right there with him. As he goes to be all that he can be in taking the good news of Jesus to the world. I'm excited too. I'm blessed by what we heard last week. I'm I'm blessed by what God is doing among us. I'm absolutely convinced that the Holy Spirit is here with us as we're preparing to go into the world with the good news of Christ. Let's pray.
Lord, we thank you and praise you for the privilege we have of being your ambassadors. Thank you for the promise of being with us. Thank you for making available to us the chance to to help change people's lives. Father, we look at all these lost people in the world and we know that it breaks your heart. We know that you're anxious about that, that you want them to be saved. Help us, Lord, to respond to this wonderful call, this privilege and promise. And we pray that we would have the impact on our community for Jesus that you want us to have. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing, please.